guys. Welcome to episode two on the Prismatic Academy podcast. I'm Chrissy Marie, and I tell the true life stories of today's visionaries, healers, and conscious co-creators. I'm so excited for you to be listening in on this episode because today we're jumping on a call with entrepreneur, writer, and lifestyle architect, Matt Ritchie, to talk about... Close your ears, mom. Cannabis. I know that cannabis is still a fairly controversial topic of discussion. The general population in the U.S. alone is about 50-50 on the pros and cons of its use. Thus far, it's been legalized in 25 states, and most states where it's legal still have restrictions and limitations on how it can be used and in what forms. Now, I think we're all familiar with the recreational uses of cannabis, and there's tons of research going on about its medical uses. But what about its uses for achieving higher states of consciousness? Can it really help bring you closer to your higher self? Can it help you to unlock your creative potential and maybe even transform you into a more productive, conscious, and higher functioning human being? Well, we're going to find out. In this episode, we'll be asking the questions about how to use cannabis with intention, how to achieve an optimal experience, and whether or not it's safe to use. We'll also be discussing ways that this little green plant might be able to help you overcome limiting beliefs, find your purpose, and cultivate more connection and happiness in your life. I know I have some burning questions. (coughs) (laughs) Okay, so without any further ado, here's episode two, Lifted, a case for the conscious use of cannabis with Matt Ritchie. Thank you so much for making time for this call, and I'm really so excited slash nervous to speak with you for two reasons. And the first reason I filled you in on last night, but for our listeners, Matt is my very first guest interview on the Prismatic Academy podcast. So before anything, I just wanted to thank you, Matt, for still agreeing to speak with me after knowing that. (laughs) You're welcome. Happy to be here. Somebody had to be the guinea pig, and I'm so, so glad it's you. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't this... be the first time in my life. <laughs> so the second reason I'm nervous and excited is because we're going to be talking about a topic on the use of cannabis to access higher consciousness, and this is one that I really don't know a lot about. It's really unfamiliar territory for me, and it's not that I haven't given it a decent effort, but... <laughs> I haven't had the experiences that others have described in having, and so far, I really just don't get it. So I can't wait to hear about your take and on your experiences with it, and maybe how you can help people like me kind of understand what that's like and how we can benefit from it. I'll do my best. (laughs) I think I feel like I might be apologizing to my parents a few times in this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Before we even get no, in. no apologies. <laughs> before we get before we even get there, let's introduce you, and I'll start off, and then let you take over. Is that okay? Sure. Okay. So I know Matt Ritchie primarily as an entrepreneur, writer, and coach, but he is so much more than that. Matt is a lifestyle architect and the creator behind thebluespoke.com, which is a community for conscious entrepreneurs. 
It's a place where he shares many of his own stories and insights behind lifestyle design, which essentially, to me at least, means tapping into your own unique purpose and greatness to create a life you love doing what you love. Did I get that right? Yeah, sounds great. <laughs> awesome. Well, I know that I only scratched the surface on what you do, so would you mind filling in my gaps and sharing the story behind what you do and how you got here? Yeah, well, I don't know how long a podcast we have, but that could be a long story, so I'll, I'll keep it somewhat short. Um, I moved to San Diego around, actually, almost 10 years ago exactly, and in that it was a pursuit of something different, something new. I wanted to change my environment, change the people I hung around with, and ultimately I just really wanted to change my life. But I assumed coming to the opposite coast, I'm from Pennsylvania, I assumed coming out here it would be completely different, and my life would be changed, and everything would be great. And for the first couple of years, it was different, and it was great. And then I found myself kind of circling back into the same patterns and same belief systems that I had previously weighed me down when I was living in Pennsylvania. So about five years ago, um, I started on a journey. Actually, it's kind of fun six years ago already. Wow, time flies, I'm having fun. <laughs> and um, you know, I started working with my own personal coach uh, as an entrepreneur. Uh, my father was an entrepreneur. My grandfather was an entrepreneur. So as an entrepreneur, I realized that mm. In order to, you know, be the best and, and really tap into my full potential, that I needed to have a coach, I needed to have people around me that supported me, that you know gave me a different perspective and really called me out of my shit. Yeah. So, you know, I started having my own coach and I, I started a marketing company. So me and my really good friend from Pennsylvania, we started an online marketing company. Uh, I had some, had some good success with that. Started coming into some really good. Uh, uh, you know, passive income and things like that. And then I, I, I like to travel, so I, I took a trip with my now wife to Cambodia and Thailand and had a pretty big shift in, in, in what I think about my world and my life and what makes me happy and all those things that I thought made me happy and, and money and just all these different subjects. So uh, I started to dive deeper. I started to see or started to ask myself, you know, what really makes me happy? what I really want to do and all these questions that I really had never asked myself before or I'd never really truly answered before. I'd asked them unconsciously but I'd really pushed them down because I didn't really want to, want to have the answers because I knew the answers were different than what I was doing. Right. So in that I started to coach people on the side. Some of the businesses we were working with I actually did some culture consulting with some of the, the owners and, and entrepreneurs that were working with them. And I really like the human element. Um, and we get into the marketing thing. It's, it's you know kind of a human element, but it's almost like dehumanized, right? Like we're just basically you know, pushing product or whatever it is to people. Mm-hmm. And when, when you're working with people in a one-on-one setting or in you know any type of uh, coaching setting, it's very, very human. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I really got to like that element of it just because you know I am human and that the ability for me to connect with other people was, was apparent. It was such a sort of a natural thing for me to really connect with people. I've always sort of been a connector. So once I started connecting with people and sharing my story and sharing all my uh, unfoldings and, and all the ahas that I'd had, I was really just, I didn't know what I was doing. I was basically just, you know, helping coach people through the things that I had already gone through. So for about two years, I did that and really was just helping, you know, entrepreneurs basically step into what we talk about now, which is for benefit, and which is basically taking your business or whatever it is you're doing for money and, and a living in the world and making it more than just about you, making it more than just about your bottom line, yeah. and putting pe- people and planet and everything else yeah. on an equal playing field with mm-hmm. money. 
So once I started doing that, that unlocked so many different opportunities, especially here in Southern California, because there's tons of people that are uh, drawn to that, who are more heart-centered, who are wanting to be more conscious in the work they're doing, or they wanted to take their current business models and really make them for benefit. So I started working with entrepreneurs around that. Um, I started working with certain individuals to basically just change their belief systems, help them align with their values, and really help them step into like a for-benefit mindset. And over the years, that's brought me so many places and taken me in front of so many different entrepreneurs and amazing business people that I'm really stoked to even like think about. I'm just like reminiscing now in my head. I'm like, wow, like I've had actually some pretty, pretty cool uh, interviews and pretty cool uh, conversations with people. And with all of that, I uh, about f- actually five years ago, I started using cannabis as a, a tool to basically help me through my. My, my process. So I'd never used cannabis before, other than mm-hmm. actually probably, probably three times when I was like 12. <laughs> <laughs> and I decided at that point it wasn't for me, of course. Uh, right after that, at 13, I started racing motocross full time. I was an athlete, so it wasn't really you know, part of my radar. I didn't drink, I didn't do drugs, I didn't do anything. Yeah. So when I was 27, uh, I started using cannabis uh, mainly just as, as a fun, fun thing. Like someone introduced me to it. And it really helped me open my mind, it really helped me open my perspective to certain ways of being that I'd previously thought were stupid or previously thought that you know, didn't apply to me or really just had written off in the past. And as I started using cannabis, it really started to um, really started to rewire my brain, started to rewire my brain to mm-hmm. put other people first, to think, you know, be more empathetic, to think on a more global level of a more oneness you know, perspective, if you will. And to really, um, you know, for me, it actually motivated me, which is funny because most people think that marijuana users are like these lazy potheads or whatever they think they are. Um, It actually really motivated me to get out of my current situation and start doing my coaching and start doing things that I was really, really passionate about. Because up until that point, I had a a big shift because up until that point, I was a really, I was basically, was a creator. I didn't really think of myself as a creator, I was pretty much just a consumer. And when I made that shift, that shift, that mindset of, of, you know, I am a creator and I'm putting things out there into the world for other people, other people to consume. It's like a, it's like a reciprocal energy, right? Right. So it's the give and take of of, of life. So we're giving and taking. And before I was taking way more than I was giving. It's just the way Mm -hmm. it was. I was slowly, you know, slowly shifting that, but it was, it was kind of taking a long time. When I started using cannabis, kind of blew that open. And I really started realizing that serving others, paying it forward, putting other people first, uh, you know, it was something that it just felt right. And the more I did that, the more benefits I got, the more I got in return, and the more that it really opened up my business, my personal life, and all aspects of my life. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah, and so you felt like it kind of helped you. Did it do, would you describe that as like it helped you kind of get out of the way of yourself? Or did you feel, you know, it it kind of removing blocks in your life to be able to do this? Or was it really almost just this radical overnight shift into authenticity? No. I, you know, I'll be honest with you. I've never had a radical overnight shift. Yeah. Um, the, clo- the closest thing I would say uh, would be my ayahuasca experience that I've done. Yeah. And that was that was a full day. That was a full weekend, actually. But uh, And that took you know, days, weeks, months to even process all that. So it was, you know, there's no overnight shifts in my in my opinion or in my in my experience anyway yeah oh yeah and like if if there's uh, some time left after this i totally want to talk about that that sounds so interesting (laughs) um 
yeah, yeah, cannabis was just, uh, it was almost like, a, it wasn't something I was using daily, it was something that, uh, when I first started using it, we would just do it on the weekends, or just kind of do it randomly, have fun with it, and like I say, then I started noticing these things, after about six months of using it, I started noticing these positive benefits, so mm-hmm. I started to, I started to experiment, and then I went into basically four straight years where I was testing and doing different um, different experiments on myself with cannabis, both in my, my professional life, my personal life, my physical life, and my spiritual life. Okay, so you're saying that first um, you didn't really start with this intention of you know having a more expanded mindset, but that's kind of what it what it grew into for you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it was a combination. Obviously, I was on a journey. I was meeting new people. Um, you know, I was bringing different people into my business. So it wasn't solely the cannabis, but it was uh, it was the, it was a combination of everything that I was experiencing, and then the cannabis was really opening my mindset and opening up new possibilities for for things that I just honestly it was it was changing my belief system. When I when I first started using it, I, I just had certain beliefs, and after I started using it for about six months, it kind of like lifted, it kind of lifted these beliefs that you know basically limiting beliefs. It was, I was limited to what I thought I could do or what I could have in my life or, or anything spiritually, yeah. physically, you know, relationships or business. I still get that. So how did um, these limiting beliefs like show up for you while you were using cannabis? Did you ever have those like, well, why why am I like that or why is it this way? Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the thing. It actually helped me start questioning a lot of things in my life. It helped me start questioning mm-hmm. things in my personal life. It helped me start questioning things in my, my business. And uh, I've always been a curious person, but I feel like the cannabis actually really um, helped me unlock that. Really because... I had I had a lot of fear. I had a lot of fear around what people would think of me, or what mm-hmm. my parents would think, or or whatever. Right? I had a lot of fear. So the, the yeah. cannabis really kind of helped eliminate that fear and let me kind of move past that and just go into those questions that I'd really been wanting to ask, but was too scared, too scared to. Oh yeah. Like I'm. I feel like I'm still struggling with that. <laughs> and, and of course, I still struggle with that to a certain degree, right? Yeah. We all do. But it's definitely gotten much, much, much more open, and I'm very open and honest with myself now where before I would hide things, I would push things down. And, and that's actually one of the big breakthroughs that I had was after I'd been using cannabis for about two years, um, I, I basically came out and, you know, told my story around my sexual uh, abuse history. I was sexually abused when I was younger, mm-hmm. something that I had really pushed down, something I had really never told or talked about to anybody up mm-hmm. until about four years, three or four years ago. So that alone was a big, huge breakthrough because, you know, Whenever you're having, whenever you're holding on to repressed memories or any type of, any type of memory, then there's there's energy around that and it's stuck in your body. Mm-hmm. And for me to to acknowledge that and then to have discussions around it and do therapy on it and then really just release it and love myself for that was something that was life changing. Wow, I know that I've only spoken with you twice, but I've seen and read a lot of your stories, and I know that usually when we speak, it's it's in the capacity of kind of like lifestyle coaching and. Just both times after speaking with you, I felt like I could breathe and I felt understood and, you know, I felt less shameful about where I was at. And you mentioned it before, you know, that you just feel like you're a natural connector and I couldn't agree more because when we were first speaking, I was coming out of a huge soul crisis and sharing my stories for the first time and not really feeling too great about that. But after speaking with you, it was kind of like, ah. You know, he just gets me, and I'm allowed to experience this, and I'm allowed to ask myself what I want without feeling judged about it. You are very grounded, and I'm so happy that that you're able to share your stories in this way, because I know that it personally 
benefited me. Like, so thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. And, yeah. and that makes me so happy to hear because yeah. that's really that's really kind of my big why, right? Is, is mm-hmm. you know, if the tagline for the Blue Spoke is raising the consciousness of the planet. And, you know, that always felt like a big task, but the, the more I get into it, the, the easier it is, is because it's really one person at a time, one moment at a time. And, you know, if I can be my best self and really step into my highest potential in every moment, then that helps everything unfold easily, whether I'm coaching someone or I'm facilitating or we're having this conversation, whether whatever it is, I'm able to step into my best self, then that allows so many things to unfold that previously I didn't have access to. So have you found that your coaching style has changed with others? Do you incorporate coaching people around cannabis or, you know, from getting people grounded to getting people high? <laughs> was that, that a joke? Getting oh, people grounded to getting people high. <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so... For you know, the last three years, uh, or three years up until the beginning of 2016, uh, I was working with people, entrepreneurs, business leaders, not necessarily around cannabis. Most of it was you know, lifestyle design and you know, beliefs and you know, changing you know, your value structures. But what I found was that I was using cannabis and I had personal friends and acquaintances that I knew were using cannabis and were either struggling or uh, were abusing it, in my opinion. I don't, I don't want to say that there's a right or wrong way to use cannabis, but in, in what I could see with the, you know, the outcomes they were having, they weren't, they weren't using it to its full potential. Oh, or they were using it so, as an escape, you mean? Uh, yeah, essentially, yeah. Uh, essentially. And so about about 18 months ago now, almost, yeah, exactly 18 months ago, we started. I started a program called Lifted, which basically helped people uh, connect with their deeper purpose and helped them really get clear on why they use cannabis and really brought some accountability to the table so that, that you know, they weren't just using it unconsciously, uh, weren't just even using it casually, that if they were going to use it, it was going to be in a more intentional, more powerful uh, space because it's a tool. Like anything else, like alcohol like, or like anything we take, it's a tool. You know, it's it's going to do something. It's going to have some sort of impact on you. So most people that I was working with, you know, they're, they're high achievers. They're people who want you know, big things. So for them to use things that were basically disempowering them or not, you know, not giving them their full power, it was doing a disservice. So I was really helping some people get around their stories. Because that's one other thing I found was a lot of people, probably such as yourself, you know, there's a lot of shame, a lot of guilt, a lot mm-hmm. of uh, red flags around using cannabis just because it's been so taboo for so, you know, so long. And I know myself personally, I had to go through that. Mm-hmm. I had to go through all my stories. I had to go through all the, you know, the belief systems I had growing up with the whole dare thing and, and oh, being in Pennsylvania. Yeah. It was as bad as heroin, or it was mm-hmm. as bad as any type of type of drug you could do. So I had a lot of work to do around that. And, and in doing that, it helped me forgive myself around other things. It helped me really be okay with whatever it is that I'm doing and be empowered that if I'm going to choose something, that I'm going to choose it and it's going to be, you know, my choice and it's going to be empowering me as opposed to disempowering. So I started. So I was using cannabis previous to that, and then I started doing experiments. I started figuring out what worked, uh, what you know, what would help me, what would hurt me. I I went through periods. So you know, when I was going through some of the stuff with my sexual abuse history, I definitely used it to medicate. You know, mm-hmm. just not gonna lie. For for probably six months, I probably used cannabis. You know, almost every day for about six months at one point. And it was a period where I mean, I'm so glad I went through that because had I not done that, I wouldn't be able to relate with you know certain people who are doing that every day or who are using it every day. Right. And, you know, to really realize that that's not my highest and best to be using cannabis daily, you know, all day. And, uh, you know, really realizing that everything in moderation, everything everything has its limits. 
whether it be cannabis, whether it be water, <laughs> whether it be anything, mm-hmm. you have a limit of what your body can handle. Like, or what don't your body eat really too is. much broccoli. <laughs> exactly. You'll be on the can pooping all night. Um, <laughs> so what I found was that uh, you know, we can go into different types of cannabis use, but microdosing is my favorite. So I don't know if you're familiar with microdosing, but it's a term, I think it was coined in the psychedelic industry, but basically it's coined, it's a term where you're using like, uh, I think it's like one-eighth of a normal dose. Okay. Go check my numbers. But it's really, it's like a, basically it's micro. Right? It's a small dose of what you normally take. So instead of like smoking a whole joint or I use a, a Pax vaporizer, instead of you know vaporizing a whole um, a bowl full, you know, mm-hmm. I, I may take two two drags out of it. And you know this, this micro dose basically, for me, it helps me help me focus it helps me open my mind it helps me be more creative and then it helps mm-hmm. me relax and and then there's some physical benefits as well it helps inflammation it helps my joint soreness and muscle soreness and stuff like that just today and i so i use different types of cannabis as well so some are really high cbd and some are high thc and usually i'll combine them but sometimes i'll use only cbd or sometimes i use only thc CBD. Okay, so for somebody who's completely oblivious to all of this, like myself, or maybe, you know, um, there's one other person out there in the world who doesn't know what that is. What is the difference between CBD and THC? Great question. So the cannabis plant has hundreds of cannabinoids, and your body has an endocannabinoid system which basically is the receptors for these cannabinoids. And all this research that people have been doing for cancer, for epilepsy, all these different um, you know, medical conditions, they're realizing that you know, CBD is, I think it's cannabidiol is what it's short for, but it's basically, uh, it's a non-psychoactive. So if you're familiar with psychoactivity, basically mm-hmm. that's the, the part where you feel high or you feel, you know, your, your mind feels a little elevated. It's non-psychoactive, so it has none of the, you know, traditional effects of cannabis plant or of the, you know, what people think of as cannabis plant, but it has a lot of the medical benefits. Okay. So CBD is something that many, many, many people use daily, whether you have a serious medical condition or something, someone like myself, I use it for muscle soreness and joint, you know, joint pain. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of running, you know, basketball, impact sports. It really helps with the inflammation. So if something like that, uh, I use my CBD. Other people, like I say, are using it to help with their epilepsy. You know, there's different types of, uh, what's that, irritable, irritable bounce, IBS, irritable bounce mm-hmm. syndrome. There's different types of things that your, your endocannabinoid system, if somebody's sick, if somebody's out of balance, if they're, you know, in dis-ease, then this can help them balance their system. It's almost like, what, the best thing I've got, uh, had someone explain it to me, was like, almost like your body is in an unalkaline state, right? So your endocannabinoid system is your, it's over your entire body. You know, there's more endo, there's no more endocannabinoid receptors than there are, you know, nerve cells or anything in your body. So it basically affects your entire body. Wow. Yeah. So that's why they're finding a lot of, you know, even cancer patients, I don't want to say it cures cancer, but there's Mm -hmm. certain people with cancer that if they're, you know, doing maybe other things like say having a healthy diet, being alkaline in their state and then using CBD, then this is a really a way to balance your body and bring it to a homeostasis so it can then fight whatever it is that you're, you're battling. Um, and then, so, so then to back up really quick, then the yeah. THC is the traditional, you know, the, the traditional cannabinoid that everyone wants, that everyone wants because they want to feel the high feeling of the, basically it gives you the, the endorphin drip or not even endorphin, but it gives you the, the happy drip or it gives you your, you know, different chemicals in your brain that will make you feel more relaxed, make you feel more happy, make you feel more high, basically. Yeah. You know? And and then, so, does the CBD type of cannabis, is that, am I describing that correctly? Like, it's a type of cannabis? No, it's a compound within okay. cannabis. 
Okay. So when you microdose, I've heard that people do that because they're allowed to, you know, still continue to function like pretty normally and it doesn't create any kind of hallucinations, which, which I think is definitely one of my, my fears. Like I'm, I have a very big imagination <laughs> and that is just something <laughs> that I don't need to be, you know, overactive. So is that, is that one of the reasons why somebody would microdose? Absolutely. Yeah, if, if nothing else, if someone's beginning or if they're unsure, like to take uh -huh. a microdose is the, the safest way to start because, of course, if you're going to take, uh, you know, more of it, that's going to have a much bigger impact. So to take a small impact or take a small dose at, at beginning is, is I would recommend that for everybody, you know, especially people uh -huh. who are just starting out, just to try small, small doses. And like say, I've done all, I've done huge bong hits where you, you know you feel extremely mm -hmm. lifted, and I've done small, small microdoses and. Of course, depending on what the outcome you're looking for is, if you're looking to still be functional and be at your highest state, a microdose is much more in alignment with what you're looking for. Okay. Because for me, like anything, like say if you're, I don't want to say intoxicated because it's non-toxic, you know, cannabis plant is non-toxic, like, you know, alcohol is a toxic chemical or mm -hmm. cannabis is not. But it, it'll basically, it'll do something to your system, it'll, it'll overload your system with too much of the THC, too much of the CBD where you'll feel out of balance, you'll feel too much the other way. And that's okay. Like say, it's not a bad feeling. I don't think, it, and I personally don't mind mm -hmm. the feeling, but it's not a productive feeling. It's not a productive mindset to be in on a daily basis. Right. Okay. So, like, sorry, mom, <laughs> but but the, that's kind of how. Because I really wanted to have these, you know, experiences like these these spiritual awakenings through using cannabis. And the first time I tried it, I didn't try it with that intention, but. I fell asleep for a day and a half, and I think I told you this. I was like, it was just yeah. not fun, and I didn't understand it, and I know that there was, like, this period of five minutes where everybody was, like, laughing, you know, at a bunny rabbit, or, like, it was just the funniest thing in the world, and I couldn't understand, and, and I woke up a day and a half later thinking, you know, I, I'm not sure if this is for me, and the second time, it was kind of similar. I didn't fall asleep, but I felt almost as if I was drunk and it was kind of annoying because I feel like I was hyper aware of everything that was going on but I couldn't like I couldn't lift my arm or move my hand and I was just I felt trapped inside my body and I was so frustrated and so sad that you know I didn't meet the Buddha or, <laughs> or something during this experience so yeah I think a lot of that goes back to strain as well like, so okay. there's so many different things we go into within the cannabis plant. There's tons and tons of different strains. There's two main strains, right? You have your sativa base and you have your um, indica. Okay. And your indica is definitely more of a body, makes you feel more, like say you felt like you were trapped in your body, like you couldn't move your arm, right? Uh -huh. Well, that's probably more of an indica strain than if you're if you're feeling like your body's just like checking out, right? You feel like you want to like right. sink into the couch, they call it couch mm -hmm. lock. Um, I personally don't don't use indicas that much. Every now, well, I, I use both, but I won't use purely indica. So mm -hmm. I mix a little bit, a little bit of indica with a sativa, and uh, you know, usually the sativas I have will have uh, some sort of some sort of high CBD mixed in with it. Mm -hmm. So, but anyway, <laughs> so I've, I've experimented so many different things. You know, I've done pure pure indica, and I haven't been, you know stuck to the couch for a couple hours. I've done pure sativa, where it energizes me, and you know, I want to go work out. And then I'll do, you know, a mix maybe sometimes if I'm more chill, but I, I need to get out of the couch at some point and, uh, you know, get a shower or walk the dog, right? Yeah. So, 
uh, it's really all about what your intention is and what you're really wanting to get out of it. If you're needing, like say a lot of people use high indica because it's pain, pain relieving. It really tunes them. It really tunes out the pain in your body and really allows you to relax. It allows your mm-hmm. muscles to just really, really let go. I see that. And then, so then what, what is the sativa again? You mentioned that it's like energizing. Why would people choose that strain? that it's, a, it's an energizer it's definitely more of a what they call a head high i say call body high head high okay. um, the sativa is going to give you more of the, the head high which may be more creativity maybe more open-mindedness um that's where you're, you're generally going to get more of my what i get my channeling my creative breakthroughs spiritually but it's it's definitely something that's more high energy where you're going to be moving more as opposed to being in, in the couch lock mm-hmm. okay so it sounds kind of like you know before even, you know, considering exploring using cannabis, especially if your intentions are, you know, to access higher consciousness, that you really have to do your own homework. And so for people who are just starting out or, or curious about how to start out, I know that you mentioned microdosing is one option, but what are some things that they can be aware of when it comes to, like, picking a strain or their goal is to go into, like, a deeper meditative state or to kind of look at their stories and remove limiting beliefs? What would be your suggestions for that? Well, first, obviously, uh, have a medical card because that gives you access to whatever you want. I mean, of course, people can buy cannabis or grow it on your own do your own thing, but I don't really recommend that, especially for people beginning, because you just go and get something from your friend, you have no idea what you're getting. Mm-hmm. It's not going to hurt you, it's not going to do this, but it's not going to have the intended out, uh, outcome that you probably want. So really, having access to the best strains and the you know the different strains is, is important. So getting your medical card, I think, is paramount for anyone who really is serious about you know, taking it on, because that gives you the access to more strains and more, and basically information, right? You can go in and talk to bud tenders, and there's a lot of really knowledgeable knowledgeable people in the cannabis industry. So you really want to start there and then, and really set out your intention. And if your intention is to go work out, or if you know, your intention is to sort of be high energy, go to a party, do something more you know, extroverted, mm-hmm. then you definitely, definitely want to stick with sativas. And there, there's tons, and that's the thing, there's tons of tons of sativa brands. And you know, I can recommend ones that I like, but it's really personal. You know, people have different experiences on different types of uh, different strands of, of cannabis. So uh, stick with the can- stick with the sativa. If you do, if you do, then I would highly recommend microdosing to start because, like, say, if you start off smoking an entire joint or however you're taking it, you're probably just going to be you know, lifted and, and not really. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have. You're not. I mean, you're going to have some sort of experience. It's going to be whatever you need, but it's not maybe going to be your intended outcome. Yeah, you're going to be stuck on the couch like I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, either that or feeling a little nervous or feeling a little jittery. That's why so uh-huh. a lot of people say, "Oh, I feel paranoid, right?" When I smoke a weed, uh-huh. and I always laugh because, like, I've never actually felt paranoid when I've used cannabis. But with that, I've never really been in a space where I needed to be be nervous, right? So I think cannabis for me highlights what's already going on with me. If I'm already a nervous person or if I'm nervous about using cannabis, mm-hmm. well then yeah, it's gonna it's gonna highlight that. Um, you know, people talk about having bad trips or things that you know they happened that you know they weren't intending to. Well it, like everything, it's your mindset. So your mindset determines whatever kind of experience you're gonna have. So I've had people that basically psych themselves out because they didn't really you know, they're like, oh my God, I'm going to have this amazing experience, this and that. And they, they have it or they, they take the cannabis and they're like, that was that was weak. I didn't really feel like I had any mm-hmm. kind of experience, right? Yeah. 
and then I've had other people who are like, oh, you know, I'm not sure. I think, you know, maybe this is going to be too strong or whatever. And, and, you know, people, people will, you know, your mindset will determine the experience you have. Let's put it that way. So go in with a positive mindset. And that's why I think it's important to combine cannabis with, you know, personal growth, with intention, with the intention of transformation and using it as a tool as opposed to just using it and escaping with it. Because there, you know, there's huge, huge possibilities when you do it that way. No, that's so great, and and I'm, and I really actually feel like I'm starting to get it. So, and it makes me curious because, okay, so what are some of the intentions people that you're working with use it for? So you mentioned um, that you work with a lot of entrepreneurs and CEOs who are maybe just trying to, you know, get out of get unstuck or you know try to take their awareness to the next level. So what have you like, can you give an example without, like, giving anybody away <laughs> about uh, you sure. know, what a yeah, person's yeah, sure. intention was and, and what their experience was with it? Sure, yeah. Um, you know, one of the main things people want to use cannabis for is to, like, unlock their mind, right? They want to use mm-hmm. it as a creative outlet. Because probably they've used it, that most of the people have used it in the past, had good and bad experiences with it, but they don't really know how to channel or, you know, be very intentional with it. So, you know, setting up an environment you know, setting up all the conditions so you're successful. So your mindset going into it, the environment in which you take it, the amount in which you take, the strand in which you take, the people that you're around, the food, you know, everything, right? So mm-hmm. everything that you're doing is going to have some sort of impact on you. So to really set yourself up for success is really important. So some of the people I work with, like, say, want to have more creative, out, uh, you know, have some sort of creative, you know, ideation session or whatever. Mm-hmm. So one of the, one of the, this is something I do and I've helped people do this, is basically like a, a channeling session, which I call it a channeling session. Basically, do a little microdose, you sit down, you close your eyes, get into a meditative state, maybe do some chanting, or maybe do whatever it is you need to do to kind of center yourself and get get really in that in that state. And then from there, I like to I like to personally write. You can use your phone or whatever to, to type, but I would just basically just channel thoughts. And your mind's automatically gonna go places, right? You have things on your mind, whether it be your kids, whether it be your business or whatever. So you really wanted to focus that. You want to focus like whatever. If you have a question, if you have something in your business you really want to overcome or something you want to really take to the next level, you can focus yourself on a specific question. I, I've done that, and I find it personally like I'll just get into that meditative state, and mm-hmm. whatever I need, whatever I really need to hear will come through me, will come into me. Yeah, and you just trust in that. Yeah, and honestly, every time it does, I'm like, oh, of course, that's that seems so simple, or that's. You know, that's, that's the next step logically now. I just see it. But I was, like, not seeing it before, right? I'm not, right. I was in a space that was just blocking that possibility for whatever reason. Yeah, so this is almost like, it's like manufacturing an experience to match with your intention, but also, like, being aware of your distractions and knowing to remove them, or at least that's what it sounds like to me. Yes, to be the most successful, you definitely want to, you know, eliminate distractions. You definitely, like, say you want to set yourself in an environment with a strand, and an intention that's going to be, you know, very, very focused. Mm-hmm. And like I say, for me, microdosing especially, um, it really brings me very present. It brings me present to all my senses. Brings me present to my connection with, you know, greater, you know, universe, whatever you want to call it, God. Mm-hmm. And it really just helps me be present. And in that presence, that's where I get my breakthroughs. That's where I can really tune into what's coming through me. Yeah, I'm so jealous of your experience. <laughs> and uh, as I'm hearing you talk about it and and how to manufacture an experience, and I'm just like imagining in my head how I would set that up. 
and I think that you know I'm still such a rule follower and and because I I really like I'm so attached to a specific outcome right especially with this because it's you know air quotes failed for me twice before right I I really don't know if I would be able to set it up myself and be able to get out of the way of myself you know so is that something that you also help other people with and like do you coach them through a channeling session or can you help them stay focused or or kind of really get out of the experience what their intentions were yes so that's that's one of the things that I help people do is like say here's the thing it's like anything else whether it's diet and weight loss people know like say eat healthy you exercise right well why are there so many fat people why are so many people overweight right mm -hmm. they don't really do the work they don't really know how to do the work so they know what to do but they don't know how to do it and especially with things like this like something like cannabis something maybe you may, if you've never used it before or you've had different experiences like say if you've had negative experiences then that automatically shapes your belief system so your belief system's like this isn't going to work for me or this is weird or this is you know, whatever so for me just helping them create that space and that container for them to really have an open mind and have that uh, un, unattached expectationless experience because if you go in with these expectations and have all these attachments then you're probably going to be disappointed <laughs> and, that's what, and that's with most experiences not just with cannabis right exactly i'm like wow you're really describing you know the the benefits of having a coach which i so agree with so yeah. let's let's get down to i think the general questions, you know, I myself and others have had around this. And I think the primary question that I would want to know is, is it legal? Or is there anything to really be aware of in, in using cannabis? Like, are there side effects? Do you have to worry about being addicted? Do you have to worry about being arrested? Well, the first word I heard you say was legal, correct? Yes. Yeah, so obviously we live in California, and they have a very um, liberal medical marijuana card. So I'm a very um, healthy, high-functioning person who maybe otherwise wouldn't quote-unquote need cannabis, right? Mm -hmm. But you know, I went to I went to a doctor, you know, a, a specific cannabis physician to be honest, and mm -hmm. was completely honest with them. Like I have no, you know, I have no physical pain over no this, but I use it for creativity. I use it for um, you know muscle. You know, muscle inflammation, and I use it to you know have fun and really like say to actually you know release stress and to be in a space of fun and relaxation. And they wrote me a thing on the spot. So as far as the legality of it in California, there's not a whole lot of you know there's no like you're not going to get busted for having a, a bad medical thing. If someone writes you a medical thing, it's pretty much universal. It's really not there's no legal gray area there in California. Okay. So don't worry about that. But if you don't have it, like, say, and I recommend people get their cannabis thing, not only to be in the law, like, that, that's a side note, like, that's fine. To be legal is cool, but to really know what you're getting into and to have access to the best products is the best reason to have your, your card. Okay. And then what about other states? Like, is it still illegal in other states, or? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> um, certain states, it's actually fully legal, where you don't even need a medical card. Like, I just lived in Colorado for six months, and okay. it's fully recreational there. So anyone over the age of 21, similar to alcohol can go in and purchase cannabis so oh. it's it's different there i think it's oregon uh, colorado washington state and alaska have full recreation right now and it's on the ballot for california here in november so i think it's prop 64 maybe i'm not sure so you like people go out and vote <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean if you feel called to i mean yeah. here's the thing i don't think everyone needs to use cannabis i think uh -huh. it is 
a tool out there, and I think there's tons of people already using it. Uh-huh. So I think that it's pretty silly that we, you know, use it or we make it this bad thing that you know people shouldn't use or whatever. You know, of course, if you just you back up and you pull it on merits alone, I mean, compared to alcohol, it's much much safer than alcohol. And, and that's my personal opinion. But you look at any medical studies; most doctors will agree with that. So, like, what about? side effects and like addictions can people get addicted to this is there anything that they need to worry about um, when they're getting their medical card uh, should they are they actually seeing a physician that can answer medical questions for them um, yeah yeah absolutely um, so like anything whether it be sex whether it be alcohol whether it be cannabis whether anything you can get addicted to it mm-hmm. because our minds are what really makes us addicted let me back that up Cannabis does not give any kind of physical addiction like heroin or any type of other uh, like opiates and stuff like that. We actually have a physical withdrawal. Uh-huh. So there's zero – It's not. that's why they say it's not addictive. Yeah, for the most part, I would agree. It's not addictive. And, and I think studies show like less than 10%, things like 9% of people who use cannabis get quote-unquote addicted. And, um, you know, I think – I don't even know what the, the technical – definition of definition or of uh, addiction is but it's basically where you're checking out and you know maybe you're not doing activities or you're not doing your job or you're not doing things that you normally would do because you want to use cannabis or, or whatever and you know, I think that's the problem regardless of what it is whether it's cannabis or alcohol or anything like if it's taking you out of your normal life and you're only wanting to, to be in that space where you're using it then that's a problem obviously right. uh, and, and it's you know obviously cannabis is, is the thing you're using right now but there's there's underlying issues there that uh, you get to resolve in order to you know, really quell that addiction. Because there's probably a reason you're, you're using it, probably to medicate in some way, probably emotionally or mentally or even physically. <laughs> so the addiction part is pretty low in my opinion. Like say people talk about, oh, you get addicted, isn't this? It's like, well, you know, I've been using it for five years off and on. I've taken six months off. I take, you know, I just went a whole week. I was traveling. I didn't use any cannabis. Um, it's not really... It's not addictive. I mean, it's really not addictive. Anyone who's mentally strong, anyone who has a mindset of, you know, empowerment, mm-hmm. I would have no problems having them take cannabis. Right. Yeah, and I think you you hit it on the head too. Like, it's not the product that causes the addiction. It's it's our mindset and like the things that we're craving and the intentions that we're using it for that I think uh, could create the addiction. So, Absolutely. And I. I kind of feel a little dumb asking you this next question. Never feel dumb. (laughs) There are no dumb questions. But do you have to smoke it? You mentioned that you use a vape, but are there any other ways or health precautions you should consider if you smoke it? Well, once again, I mean, so there's plenty of ways you don't have to smoke. You can eat edibles. You can have tinctures. You have creams you can rub on your skin. You can use a vapor pen where you're vaporizing oil. You can use, I use a Pax vaporizer that basically uses uh, dry herb like you would smoke and put it in there and it's like a little convection oven and it heats up to like 350 degrees because the cannabinoids will release at a certain point uh, where you don't have to burn the whole plant and get all the carcinogens from the plant. Okay. So, yeah, so the, so for me and all my experiences, I've, like I said, I've tried them all. I've done it all. And, uh, you know, vaporizing has the best effect with the least amount of side effects. So I've you know, smoked in the past and... You know, after I smoke for, even if I'm not consistently smoking daily, even if I smoke a couple times a week, I just kind of, I don't know, my lungs don't feel as good, I don't feel, uh, you know, I feel like the, the smoke kind of harms my body. Maybe that's just me. I've had other people say it doesn't affect them, you know, they smoke every day, you know, that's personal preference. But for me, the 
the vaporizer is so much lighter on my system, mm-hmm. and it's, it feels so much lighter. It's a, it's a different type of, of high. It's a different type of experience than if you're smoking. Because usually if you're smoking, you're going to get pretty lit. You're yeah. going to have a pretty strong experience of it. So in order to microdose, you'd have to probably just take like one drag of a joint. Oh, yeah, so, As opposed to. so it sounds like it comes back down to um, like your intentions and also like being aware of what's working and what what isn't working for you, which does sound like it. Like people should really kind of exper- experiment with it, right? Yeah, and most some people really love edibles. Mm-hmm. I, I don't love edibles. I think they're okay, but they're really hard to regulate. Okay. So, you know, when you when I take two puffs of uh, my vaporizer pen, I know within five minutes I'm going to have full effects of whatever I want, and then I'm there. Mm-hmm. If I eat, you know, the, the recommended dosage is 25 milligrams for an edible, and I want a microdose, and I'm going to do five. Well, I could eat five, and I may not feel anything. Mm-hmm. And then maybe an hour later, I feel a little bit of something, or I feel maybe better where you try that. But, you know, the, the way you, when you're taking it via edibles, you're metabolizing it completely differently as opposed to getting you know through your capillaries and your lungs it's getting digested and going through your liver and going through that way so it's a whole different experience than if you're smoking or vaporizing it yeah so it's really hard to judge the latency of um, the edibles just based on how your body digests and and processes it 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 is and you can obviously practice that and find different uh, or find what works for you or a brand of, of edibles or whatever it is and probably get it down and be pretty precise with it uh-huh. I just personally don't don't care for the edibles experience as much. Whether mm-hmm. like say where they have to wait an hour, I'm, you know, like anyone else, I want my instant gratification. I want in five minutes. I want to be in the space. I don't have to wait an hour and then maybe or maybe not be in that space. Right. It almost sounds like people should you know kind of keep a journal if if they actually do decide to you know experiment with cannabis and, and totally. kind of really yeah, know I would, and remember. I would highly recommend that. Right yeah. now, what you take, what dosage you take. And then your experience, and then maybe afterwards write you know something about your experience. So there's two more questions that I've been dying to ask you since you know we first started our chat, and you and I was really curious about like the experiences that you've had in your experiments. So was there anyone that was just really profound to you that just really jumped out and, and sticks in your mind? And you're like, wow, I I love this so much, and I'm so happy <laughs> that I did this. Well, yes, there's a few. (laughs) One of them was one of my first experiences with cannabis about five years ago when I first started using cannabis. So a friend of mine and I were hiking up in the mountains. We didn't have any cannabis on us. We randomly met people who did, and they offered us some. So we were like, uh, I was like, okay. I haven't (laughs) had cannabis. I hadn't had cannabis in like 15 years. Uh And we were in nature, and we used this cannabis. And it was a friend of mine. It was an old friend. And we had, you know, kind of grown apart a little bit. I'd moved to California and he was in Pennsylvania and really helped us. It helped him and I connect. It helped me connect with nature. And in that, in that connection with nature really kind of opened me up to, I've always kind of been skeptical. I mean, at one point I was really skeptical of like higher powers of God, whatever. So like for me, it was like this opening of this channel, like saying that there's a, there's a higher, higher energy, a higher you know thing out there that I like, or that you know, I'm, I'm connected to, that I'm a part of. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was a huge breakthrough to really feel connected to the world and, and you know, God, and to really feel connected to the people that I was, you know, having my experience with, or the person that's having my experience with. Wow. So I highly recommend people doing <laughs> cannabis in nature at some mm-hmm. point, just because it's such a such a 
spiritual experience. Yeah, you're like, that's where I went wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm so happy that you shared that because, uh, like, for a long time, I thought I was just, you know, romanticizing this experience. You know, that it's, oh, it's just all made up or it's just not for me or maybe it just affects me differently and it's just not my thing. But I, it's really hard to refute that people have these incredible experiences while while using cannabis especially in meditation yeah. or even or even so, socially like you said you know because i i know that i'm personally very much an introvert so i'm like i would love to know what it's like just to have that little extra boost <laughs> of extrovertedness <laughs> helping me out here <laughs> yeah so the second experience i'm gonna tell you about really quickly is yeah. one like you're talking about being extrovert right so uh-huh. i've always considered myself pretty extroverted but i was always kind of shy and mostly mm-hmm. shy just because i was self-conscious and i didn't really i didn't really think the highest of myself to be honest i didn't really think i was the best looking i didn't think i was you know whatever i didn't think i was the best at anything so i always kind of felt a little mediocre oh i'm like yes i'm like matt you're very handsome so <laughs> yeah, well, thank you with that said I'll, i was never a dancer like i never really danced i was so mm-hmm. self-conscious right yeah and so i don't i'm trying to think when this was this has been years ago probably three or four at least four years ago uh, you know, I, I took some cannabis and we went dancing and like all of a sudden I like had this, this burst of self-expression. Like I had been waiting my entire life to dance and it was the most amazing experience because I felt so, oh, just liberated mm-hmm. and I felt like I was really free. Like I felt like for my entire life I'd been holding something back and at that point, in that moment, I had released it and I was able to share it with the world. And from that point on, it kind of comes down to like basically not giving a fuck, right? It's like this, yeah. I don't give, I don't care about anything. I don't care. Think about me, whatever. This is my experience. This is who I am. And this is what I want to do. I want to dance or I want to do this or whatever it was. So the dancing, and now I love dancing, but the dancing at that point was like this huge breakthrough for me to really do other things, to really not care what people thought about what I was doing or to really you know, get rid of all the critics in my head that were holding me back from taking steps on other things in my life. Oh, that's so great. And I really think that, you know, that, Kind of, I, for me, kind of sums up how you are today or how I know you to be is really having this foundation of coming from a place of, of authenticity. And and it's important to know for other people who are really striving for that and, you know, just wanting to ask themselves what would make them, them happy and feeling free and liberated and being able to just pursue that without all the limiting beliefs or the stories or the baggage that they care. That has to be so beneficial and, and life-changing. Yeah, it really is. If we could get more people to be feeling self-expressed and feeling seen right. and not caring, it's, it's great because you get to feel seen and then really not care what people think about seeing you, right? So you yeah. get to be seen and then just be unattached to that outcome of, oh, they love me or they don't love me or I'm a great dancer or I'm not a great dancer. Yeah. I think I'm imagining all the possibilities. I'm like, how would life be different? It just sounds so cool. <laughs> I am. Uh, I'm romantic. again. <laughs> So the second question I've been dying to ask you is, is it a gateway drug into other psychedelic drugs? Mm, great question. So the way you asked that question, I'm going to say yes, <laughs> because I don't think it's a gateway drug in the way that people have portrayed it over the years, right? Like right. the whole dare thing, like, oh, you smoke a joint, then you're going to be doing crack and heroin in a week. Well, right. that, that, well the reason I think that that actually was somewhat true back in the day was because you had to buy your cannabis from the same purposes that sold crack and heroin. And after you did, after you did cannabis, like, Hey, try some of this stuff. You're like, okay. So, <laughs> so 
So their conclusions you know, I, got crossed. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's really muddy. They, you know, they they make that assumption. Yeah. With with that said, like say for me personally, um, it, it has been kind of a gateway in a good way. I think mm-hmm. a gateway gateway into more uh, deep spiritual experiences through psychedelics. And have you had any psychedelic experiences? I have not. Have not. Okay. So. Uh, <laughs> so it's really hard to talk about psychedelic experiences with people who haven't had them just because mm-hmm. it's like it's like sex you know if you've never had it it's really hard to explain it like how you feel how right. it makes you feel like what you experience right mm-hmm. so a psychedelic experience for me is very 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 spiritual it's uh definitely a gateway and an opening to a higher power whether you believe in god or you know whatever whatever it is it's like this channel it's opening up of a channel and cannabis is a psychedelic, albeit a very, very mild psychedelic. So it, it uh, for me, it opened me up into having some other experiences, such as ayahuasca, which we briefly talked about earlier, that um, even took me deeper into my spiritual journey. And I would you know, be remiss if I said that psychedelics and, and cannabis obviously was, was negative because it had such, such a benefit, such a positive impact in my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's so many different experiments or uh, different tests and people are doing... Uh, I think there's a, there's a company called MAPS, M-A-P-S, and they do uh, experiences, not experiences, they do testing. What's the, like, I don't know what the, uh, experiment. I know or what like they, research. What it, yeah, research. There we go. Yeah. Like, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, research. They're doing research on how psychedelics can actually help people, like with PTSD. It helps people with, oh, right, like you know, with different things. And yeah, yeah so and it helps anxiety. people that are actually addicted to drugs. So people who are right. addicted to like heroin and stuff like that, they do an ayahuasca experience where they have an acid or some sort of other psychedelic experience and they no longer want to do heroin. They no yeah. longer you know, want to kill themselves. They're no longer depressed, right? Amazing. Because it opens yeah. them up to this feeling of being one with God, feeling one with the universe, mm-hmm. really being connected to themselves and everyone around them. So I, I think if everyone had, if everyone on the planet had a psychedelic experience at some point, mm-hmm. we would be a much more peaceful society. <laughs> so... With ayahuasca, did you were you able to do that like in your own home? Did you have to go somewhere for that? <laughs> um, I did not do it in my own, own home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did I did do it in California. Uh, we did it in, in nature, but uh, there was a, a great great group of people I did it with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, about twelve of us. We did a full day ceremony where we uh, you know we did yoga, we did meditation, we did all these. Uh, grounding practices, right, to really feel grounded and connected to the earth, because ayahuasca is basically you know, a rocket ship into the, you know, the cosmos, if you will, mm-hmm. and uh, so to really feel grounded and obviously connection, you know, obviously you want to feel connected to the people you're doing it with, you want to feel safe, obviously we talked about that before, your environment, the people you're around is so, mm-hmm. so, so important, so do not go do ayahuasca with a bunch of random people in a space that's not good, or, um, you know, it's really, really an intentional ceremony. If you look up ayahuasca, it's an ancient, ancient medicine that people have been doing for thousands of years. It basically started in the Incan, Incan Empire, and you know they use it for they they had it like there was at one point you were not a, a part of their their tribe or their society until you did your ayahuasca experience because they thought you were not connected to God and you didn't really get the world until you had this experience. Oh wow! Really recommend you be super super intentional with where where you do any type of psychedelic experience, but especially ayahuasca. With ayahuasca. I've heard that too, yeah, that you really need to be very prepared and kind of do your research and, you know, know that it's not always this great experience 
while you're experiencing it, but maybe like after it, you're supposed to feel, you know, so much more authentic and in tune with your higher self and just really feel very liberate, liberated and free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of the things that ayahuasca does the best, in my opinion, is helping people let go, whether you let go mm-hmm. of a loved one you know, previous relationship, a death, a business, anything. That's something that used to be, something something used to do. You know, people go in, and that's why you hear a lot about people purging, right? People throwing up during ayahuasca ceremonies. Mm -hmm. I personally did not purge during mine. Um, People purge basically because they're control freaks, and they're holding on to their experience, and they don't want to let go. And the medicine then realizes that, and it's, you know, basically you're physically letting go yeah. of whatever you need to let go of and then after you throw up people find this profound expansion because they're like basically ridding their body of not only actual things in their body but you know the emotions and the energy that is attached to that right oh wow that sounds like such a fascinating experience like we'll have to do a follow-up call because i really want to hear all about it but so like, just to wrap things up, because I know that, you know, we were going to have a half an hour to 40-minute conversation. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but maybe you can share with us how people can connect with you, you know, either sure. through the Blue Spoke or through Lifted. I know that you're working with Evil Room, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's yeah. that about? Yeah, so real quick, uh, I've been coaching for the last four plus years, and the beginning of 2016, I took a full-time position with the Evo Room, and for people who aren't familiar with that, we can put a link in somewhere, but it's basically a personal transformation company that does uh, entertainment events for millennials that basically bringing in an audience that wouldn't normally be into personal growth or, you know, this type of work. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, obviously their mission and what they're doing was super resonant with what I what I what I do, and I was actually the very first investor in the company about two and a half years ago now. But uh, this beginning of this year, I've been working with them full time. So as far as clients, I'm actually not really working with anyone one on one at this point. So mm-hmm. I'm not looking for any clients or anything like that. But I am. What I am doing is uh, starting. So when I was in Cal- when I was in uh, Colorado for six months, I was doing lifted groups, and it was a really amazing experience. I got tons of feedback and got great insight into what people are struggling with, and what people are really looking for when they're using cannabis. So uh, I've been back in California for six months, almost now, five months, and I'm looking to actually start back into that. So uh, if people are out there listening and they really want to you know, take their cannabis use more more seriously or, or you know, actually maybe sample cannabis and see if it works for them, that is something that I, I am interested in, in bringing together, bringing to, to people, because I feel like there's been such a calling for me to do that. So many people reach out, and I, I still help people from time to time, but I, don't, mm-hmm. I haven't been, been enrolling them in the, the lifted program that I was doing previously. So what I'm looking to do is have uh, like a monthly in-person, uh, basically lifted experience here here in San Diego. Um, you know, of course, for legality's sake, everyone's got to have their card, right. and everyone's got to be legit. Um, like number so, one, people get your card. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get your card. It's not that and hard. It, it, it's not that hard, and I think it's seriously, it's like less than a hundred dollars to get everything okay. for your card, and then it's good for a year. So. Oh, good to know. But um, anyway, the the Evo Room is something that we do. Uh, we're doing. We're, we just had an event this past weekend. We're having another oh. one coming up in a couple weeks. So that's something that we're continually doing events for. So if you're interested in coming to an, uh, an evolution room experience, then that would be awesome because that's something that 
we help people really get into flow state and really connect with themselves, connect with people so that they can uh, you know, open up to more, more greater possibilities in their life and really get into the state that uh, ease and flow is their normal way of being as opposed to stressing and grinding and doing all these things that are really antithetical to moving forward and being in, in a good space. We help people really relax, get into that space. And then, of course, there's tons of accountability and introspection and stuff like that that really helps people take their life to the next level when they're starting to ask those questions and be accountable to the answers. Oh, yeah, totally. I know that I'm personally excited for Evo Room. Um, we have a couple of mutual friends who have gone to some of your events um, who come back just really excited about all that you guys are doing. Can you share with us a little bit about what kind of events you're hosting or what sure. people can expect? Yeah, so two of the events that we're, we've been currently uh, procuring over the last six months, uh, one is called Sunrise Sessions and one's called Sunset Sessions. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're sister events in the sense that obviously one happens early in the morning and one happens uh, late in the evening or late evening. The early morning events is similar to Daybreaker for anyone out there from other cities outside of San Diego. There's a a company called Daybreakers that basically does early morning pre-work energizer dance parties. And what we started to do, we took that formula and we tweaked it, made it our own, but we basically start at 6 a.m. We do some very intentional meditation and like you know last time we had a a beautiful woman doing the singing bowls and really taking us through a guided experience to really connect us and center us do a little yoga some essential oils and then we really really cut loose and have fun we do games we do connection exercises and then we dance and Mm -hmm. after about two and a half hours two and a half three hours is really the experience people are so connected so energized and at that point it's only 9 a.m so at 9 a.m they take that energy they take it out into their world. So whether they're going to work, they're going to see their kids, or whatever they're doing, they're taking that positive, you know, upbeat energy into their life, and they're rippling that out into everyone that they yeah. connect with. That's so awesome. I mean, for those of you who haven't done Daybreaker, like, just imagine starting your day, you know, completely energized and just really looking forward to, you know, everything that comes next. Like, it's a really cool state of being. It is. And it's my favorite event. It's one of my favorite events just because it is so powerful. I mean, I've yeah. been a very big proponent of anyone seeing my stuff. I mean, morning rituals and starting your morning powerfully is so important. And, you know, the Daybreakers uh, model, it does that to an extent, but we're taking it to the next level, in my opinion. So the, the sunrise sessions is the morning, and then the evening is the sunset sessions, which is a sister event, which is similar, but it's actually more focused on the dance party. So there's more, there's little less of the, um, you know, we're not more, we don't do yoga, uh, we're going to do different activities, basically more energizer activities and more um, connection and dancing. So basically a similar similar layout, but you start at like 7 p.m. and go to like 10 p.m. Oh. Um, and all of our events, by the way, it's just funny, we're having this conversation on cannabis, all of our events are like sober. We don't do any, there's no alcohol, there's no, you know, we highly recommend people don't use anything, cannabis, anything. Just people come, show up, be present, be, be yourself, and then see what happens and unfold it from there because we have so much power, so much, you know, so much energy within us that when we connect with other people and we're able to synergize and really make that available to everyone, it's like this, it's like this turbo booster, right? If you ever done like a guided med- mm-hmm. or a group meditation, it's so much more powerful oh, yeah. than when you meditate by yourself. So that's what we're really looking to create is to have these experiences that energize and really uplift the entire group in a way that they couldn't do by themselves. Oh, I love that 
so much. Yeah, I'm so excited for everything that you guys are doing. So for people to find out more about you, I mentioned that you have your website, thebluespoke.com, right? And then you also have, is it is it just lifted.com or what are the what are the other websites or ways people can reach you? Um, yeah, so thebluespoke.com, it's funny we're having this conversation this mm-hmm. week. I'm actually probably suspending that site. That's in my old site. Okay. I, have, uh, I have some of my old articles and stuff there, so I'm, I'm feeling kind of nostalgic in keeping it up, but it's yeah. really my, my old site. So I, I have mattritchie.com. It's matt-richie.com. And then um, so evoroom.com, E-V-O. E-V-O-room.com. Yeah. And, and that'll give you the updates to all the all the, the events that we're doing through the Eva Room. Awesome. And then Matt Ritchie, so it's M-A-T-T-R-I-T-C-H-E-Y dot com. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. No one ever spells my last name right. Oh, that's like, you know, like for people who, who might not know you or, you know, might not be connected to you, yeah, that's how you spell Ritchie's name. Um, awesome, Matt. Thank you so much for, you know, taking the time to talk to me about this. I definitely feel like I learned a lot and I'm super, I have an even greater curiosity now, so I might be hitting you up soon. <laughs> Just for yeah, me, well, for I'm maybe some, hand, Diego, so. yeah, for maybe yeah. some handholding, um, through that <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, joining, joining in on all of the Evo Room fun. So thank you so much for this and yeah, and I'm looking forward to moving forward with this journey. Yeah, thank you for having me, Chrissy. It's been fun. Let's get together and be Wow. I don't know about you, but I definitely learned a lot. And I think I'm even leaning towards the possibility that cannabis really might be able to unite the body with the soul. There's no denying that many people are benefiting greatly from combining marijuana with conscious intentions. Some even believe that it's the same thing as adding salt to food. To me, it sounds like that when it's used correctly, it can have very profound and enlightening effects. And using cannabis is becoming extremely popular among practitioners of yoga and those who meditate. But on the other side of all this, There are still so many physicians who believe that cannabis is a dangerous and addictive drug that can lead to apathy, lost productivity, deterioration of intellectual function, and psychosis. So I'll ask you, what do you guys think? Thank you to Matt Ritchie for sharing his story and experiences with us. It was such a pleasure to talk with him. If you're interested in learning more about Lifted, you can contact him on his website at matt Richie.com. That's M-A-T-T dash R-I-T-C-H-E-Y.com. And if you're interested in checking out some of the amazing events he's putting on with Evo Room, you can visit EvoRoom.com. That's E-V-O-R-O-O-M.com. Of course, all of these links, as well as some links to the organizations and items we discussed, will be found in the show notes on theprismaticlife.com. If you enjoyed this podcast or felt that it resonated with you or believe that others would gain some value and insight from it, please, please, please be sure to like it on SoundCloud by clicking the little heart icon and also sharing it with your community. This will ultimately help this podcast be more visible to those who are searching for something like this. And I would love to have this platform be one that can continue to serve, inspire, and support others in their journey, as well as invite them along on ours together. To keep up in the in-betweens, you can find me on Facebook at The Prismatic Life 
and the Prismatic Academy, as well as on theprismaticlife.com. Next week, in episode three, we'll be talking about mind-body alchemy with a wonderful teacher, coach, writer, and healer, Jacqueline Roscoe. Jacqueline has spent over 25 years as a yoga teacher and helping others to cultivate deeper connection with their bodies. She'll be sharing with us her favorite self-care rituals and routines, as well as some really easy and awesome ways to live more naturally. If you've ever wondered how to make your own household personal care and beauty products that are easy, effective, and affordable, this episode is for you because Jacqueline is a DIY expert and she has lots of great resources available for you. Also coming up, I'll be putting together some mini episodes, mini-sodes for midweek mindfulness. There'll be shorter episodes about ponderings and musings and meditations to uplift and inspire us to keep our vibration high and intentions in alignment during the rest of our week. I'm pretty excited about it, and I hope you will be too. So until next time, cheers, everyone. Cheers.